Welcome to Laws of Legacy. I'm your host, Delana Barbie, the Around the Way Lawyer. I help everyday entrepreneurs like you protect, build, and secure their assets and leave a lasting legacy. Each week, I'll bring you information on the legal, financial, business, and other topics to take you from hustler to boss. If you're down for the ride, buckle up and listen in. Before we jump into this episode, remember, even though I'm a lawyer and legal topics may be discussed, this is not legal advice and I'm not your lawyer. This is general educational information to get you thinking. Speak to a lawyer if you have any questions about your specific situation. And with that, let's get going. You may remember that Beyonce once said, if they're trying to party with the queen, they're going to have to sign a non-disclosure. So you probably have some idea that a non-disclosure agreement is designed for people to keep the tea to themselves. But do you know what goes into them and key terms that you should be looking out for? I wanted to spend this episode going through some of the key terms that you should look out for in a confidentiality or non-disclosure agreement based upon where we left off in the last episode. So the first thing that I want to touch on is who is the party with the confidentiality obligation? Is it one person who signs the agreement or is it both people who sign the agreement that have the confidentiality obligation? What I mean here is that confidentiality agreements can be mutual or they can be unilateral, which means that both parties might have to keep information confidential or only one party might have to keep information confidential. For example, if you're partying with Beyonce, Beyonce is not keeping her own information confidential, right? So in that case, it's the other party who's unilateral who is the one who has a confidentiality obligation. Whereas if you're giving information, but they're also giving information or both parties may receive confidential information, then both parties may sign the confidentiality agreement in a way that they both have the obligation to keep information confidential. And that's a mutual confidentiality agreement. So it's important when you have a confidentiality agreement to take a look at who actually has the confidentiality obligation. Second, the definition of confidential information. So what is confidential information anyway? You have to outline that or make sure it's outlined appropriately in the confidentiality agreement. Is confidentiality or confidential information everything that you see or receive? Is confidential information only specific things that are outlined. So that is an important part to look at, to make sure that it's appropriately defined in the way that it should be based upon the relationship of the parties who are signing the confidentiality agreement or non-disclosure agreement. And those terms are often used either or interchangeably. The third thing that you want to look out for are exclusions in a confidentiality agreement. So confidentiality agreements will often have certain exclusions. For example, information that was already public, you don't have to keep that confidential because clearly it was already public. Oftentimes you'll see that as an exclusion and there can be several other exclusions there as well. So you'll want to take a look at what those are and make sure that for the relationship, it's exactly what you want those things to be. The fourth thing that's in a confidentiality agreement is the clarification about 
who owns the confidential information. So if it's a mutual confidentiality agreement where both parties are sharing confidential information, so both parties have the obligation, then maybe it says that both parties own their own confidential information. If it's a unilateral one where only one party is giving confidential information, it may say that that particular party continues to own their confidential information, no matter, despite the fact that they've shared this confidential information with the other party. The fifth thing that can be found in a confidentiality agreement is how the person who's receiving the confidential information can use it, if at all. So if someone's working with you to provide a service, for example, they may need to use your confidential information to a certain extent. And if that's the case, you want to define clearly what extent that is, how much they can actually share that, and what it has to relate to. So you can define that if there's in any way some ability for the person who's receiving the confidential information to actually use the confidential information. So that should be clear. The sixth thing that I wanted to touch on is who they can share the confidential information with and what are those parties' obligations. So whereas number five, we talked about how they can share it, so what purpose they're able to share it for, this next part, number six, is who can they share it with? So if they have employees, and this is a company you're working with, are they able to share that confidential information with their employees, with their contractors? You want to define that and If one of their employees or contractors disclose the confidential information, then are they responsible, meaning is the party that you've entered into the confidentiality agreement with responsible for their unauthorized disclosure of your confidential information? So you'll want to check on that. So again, who can they share the confidential information with and what are those parties' obligations? So most of the time they would have the same obligations as the party that received the confidential information for you. They have to continue to maintain that confidentiality as well. And perhaps, you know, the party who signed the agreement is then responsible for their employees or contractors who disclose without authorization. The seventh thing that may be found in a confidentiality agreement or non-disclosure agreement is the term of the contract and how long the terms of the obligations are. And that can be two separate things. So say that you're entering into a confidentiality agreement for six months. Even though you've entered into the confidentiality agreement for six months and the term ends after that six months, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden people can just say whatever they learned under the confidentiality agreement, they can now disclose. That does not necessarily mean that. While the confidentiality agreement itself only lasts for six months, you can ensure that in the document is drafted such that the obligations last longer. So what I mean, for example, is say the confidentiality agreement is only six months. You can still say that, well, confidential information has to be maintained in a confidential manner according to the confidentiality agreement or non-disclosure agreement, whatever you're calling it, for five years. So that still can survive the termination or expiration of the agreement. In addition, there may be certain confidential information that you want to call out. So if you're working with someone who's also getting personally identifiable information of your customers or clients, you may say, well, you know, for PII, for personally identifiable information, we say that the confidentiality obligations last forever. So although the contract may terminate or expire after six months, 
you still have the obligation to maintain the confidentiality of the personally identifiable information forever. That can never be disclosed. So that's a little bit about the term and the obligation. So it's important to even think about it at that level. You'll also want to think about what you want them to do with the confidential information after the term of the agreement. So after the agreement ends, I know we have the confidentiality obligations and how long they survive, but also what do you want them to do if they've actually received copies, whether those are electronic or physical of confidential information? Do you want them to return it? Do you want them to destroy it? If they're not able to fully destroy it, you clarify again how that ties into the obligations that they need to maintain. But what do you want them to do after the term of the agreement is over? That's important to also cover in the confidentiality agreement. Number nine, you may want to also address notice if there's a breach of confidentiality. So if there's a breach and the other party has come to find out that there's a breach, you may want to have somewhere in the document that they have to notify you within a particular period of time so that you can take care of your obligations that maybe that you may need to notify certain people, particularly in the context of when there's personally identifiable information. There can be certain requirements in terms of timing of notifying someone that their personally identifiable information was compromised. So if you're working with this other party who received that and they find out that there was a breach, then you want them to tell you in a timely manner so that you can notify if you have to the people who may have been affected. So that's one thing. But even if it's not personally identifiable information, you may still want to know that confidential information has been breached or they suspect that it was breached. So you may want to have in the confidentiality agreement some type of notice there. And lastly, number 10, you may also want to be sure that there is in the confidentiality agreement some type of ability to seek a court order to stop the other party from disclosing or to get them to comply with the agreement. So you want to have that language in there that allows you to seek that. And it's often called equitable relief. You'll see it framed in that manner in the confidentiality agreement. So those are the 10 things that I wanted to touch on in terms of what to look out for in a confidentiality agreement. Of course, if you're the recipient of the confidentiality agreement, you can also take a look at these same points and make sure that they make sense for you. If there's a mutual confidentiality agreement, of course, you're both bound by the obligations in the agreement. So again, you'll want to take a look and see how it affects you if you're receiving that and it's not something that you or your attorney have drafted. Speaking of attorneys, you know, it's always helpful to get that view if you have a particular non-disclosure agreement. So you may want to consider that because although I've shared some things for you to look at, if you find a problem or you're just not clear for that specific viewpoint into exactly what you're signing it for, it can definitely be helpful to work with an attorney to take a look at that. But I did want to share this episode to get you started to think about some of the things that you want to look out for in a confidentiality or non-disclosure agreement. If you want a recap of all this, be sure to go to the show notes page. The link is in the description for this episode. And in any case, I hope that you found this helpful the next time you get one or if you're giving one to have an idea of some of the things that should be covered. And now when they want to party or do business with you, you know how to say they're going to have to sign a non-disclosure. <laughs> Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a thing. 
And I'd love it if you take a moment to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to podcasts, because that'll help others to find the podcast. Lastly, if you missed anything at all, if you're looking for a link to something or someone I've mentioned, or just for more, visit our show notes page. The link is in the podcast episode description. Talk to you next time. Thank you.